Hey everyone, Michael here. I'm super excited and proud to introduce the season two premiere of the Backwoods Radio Show. I want to thank you all for listening to season one and for continuing to listen to the podcast into its sophomore season. Before we dive into the show today, I have one teensy-weensy favor to ask of you. If you could just tell one friend about the podcast today, someone who is deranged and depraved, such as yourself, someone who might appreciate the macabre nature of the podcast. Podcasts grow through word of mouth more than anything else. And if all of you could just tell one person to check out the show, that could really help boost the podcast for its second season. But more importantly, if you don't do this and we don't see any growth in the numbers, Squatch has promised to remove my fingernails, my toenails, cut off all of my limbs, and bash my head in with a cinder block. So, for my sake, please tell some friends. Please. Folks, if you look to your right, you can see Mount Wendigo, former home to our favorite preacher, Wendigo Joe. While it's not one of the tallest mountains in America, its horseshoe curvature is what makes it so unique. The way it wraps around our little town is the reason why Dogsnow County was overlooked and omitted from most maps in the USA for many years. Hence why most folks have never heard of Dogsnow County, despite the fact that we've been here since the dawn of America as we know it today. If you look to your left, you can see Mama's Manor, home of Dogsnow County's mayor. Oh, and it looks like her civil servant Bagman is doing some landscaping. Everybody say hi to Bagman. Hi, Bagman. And here's our final destination, the Dogsnow County Radio Station. And that concludes our tour for the day. Folks, I gotta come clean with you. I ain't a tour bus driver. Shoot, we don't even do tours here. This has all been one big facade. Heck, this bus ain't even mine. I commandeered this old thing from a rock and roll band that was passing through. You see, this wasn't a tour of Dogsnow County at all. This was a recruitment process. When I said the radio station was your final destination, I meant that on an existential level. Gary? Yeah, boss? Release the gas. You got it, Squatch. Folks, last season we were attacked by a bloodthirsty Wendigo and I was forced to slaughter all my interns so that I could use their intestines to keep Gator Gary warm. So, needless to say, I've been a bit short-handed in the studio as of late. And that's where y'all come in. Well, well, well. Looks like we got ourselves a straggler. <coughs> Who are you? I'm Squatch Ronson. And you're listening to Season 2 of the Backwoods Radio Show. We got cannibal children and youth mandators. Razor blade candy and human skin traders. So please come on down and be the lucky Paul Bearer. For discarded guts from bloody Wendigo Terrors right here. And all snacks. Right here.
The Carlson Salvage Yard, the old town hotspot for the disposing of abandoned vehicles left behind by the tourists that we slaughter, is now permanently closed. The family-run business that has been a staple here in Dog Snout County for generations was forced to shut down after Bucky Carlson journeyed into the spore zone wearing improper attire and tracked extraterrestrial spores back to the salvage yard. Soon after, strange alien flora began sprouting out of the orifices of the family members, and Bucky, along with the rest of the Carlson brood, were promptly transformed into shrubbery and the salvage yard was engulfed by alien foliage. Folks in town have been scrambling, unsure of where to dispose of the vehicles left behind by their victims. Of course, this is a very concerning matter as a vehicle isn't exactly an easy piece of evidence to dispose of. And to avoid an unwanted encounter from the feds, some folks have felt the need to refrain from murdering tourists altogether. This has caused quite a stir here in Dogstout County, as the residents here view the capturing, torturing, and slaughtering of tourists to be their God-given right, and many have even taken to protesting outside of Town Hall, armed with picket signs made out of construction paper and crayons. A powerful statement in and of itself, not because of what the sign said, but rather because of what they represented. When we have a protest here in these parts, we tend to express ourselves with signs made out of human skin, propped up on human bones, and the messages on there are usually written in human blood. So when Mayor Mama saw that folks were making signs out of crude supplies you could buy at your local Michaels, she knew that she was depriving the fine folks of Dogsnout County of something near and dear to their hearts. Murder. Being the loving matriarch that she is, Mayor Mama took immediate action. She had Bagman stick her in the rolling mop bucket that she uses as a wheelchair, and together they journeyed out into the depths of the Creaky Trees Forest. There, Mayor Mama confronted an ogre by the name of Helter Smelter, a true act of bravery that did not go unnoticed. Helter Smelter was banished from Dog Snout County some time ago due to his dangerous appetite for all things metal. For years, he roamed the streets, taking bites out of buildings, people's homes, and even devouring entire cars with innocent dog snoutians inside. We put up with it for ages, but one day, Helter Smelter went too far. He deep-throated the flagpole that sits in front of Town Hall, swallowing it whole. We tolerate a lot here in Dog Snout County, but the desecration of the American flag? That's just something of which we cannot abide. And so, Helter Smelter was banished to the Creaky Trees Forest, doomed to live out the rest of his days in a personal hellscape devoid of any metal. So, for Mayor Mama to venture out into Helter Smelter's sanctum, that took courage. Mama struck a deal with the ogre, stating that he would once again be allowed to join the community but on the condition that he help us dispose of vehicular evidence to avoid federal prosecution. Given his love for the taste of metal and Dog Snout County's dire need for a means to dispose of abandoned vehicles, it was a mutually beneficial arrangement. Helter Smelter gladly accepted the offer and promised to only eat metal objects specifically approved by Mayor Mama herself. So, 
If you've been resisting your primal urges to slaughter the tourists you see wandering around the beaches of Dogsnout County, now's the time to let your freak flag fly. Once you're done beheading your victims and sodomizing their throat cavities, give old Helter Smelter a call and he'll be happy to dispose of their vehicles post-haste. And now, here's everyone's favorite half-man, half-alligator weather mutant, Gator Gary, with the forecast. The high for today is 48 degrees. And the low for tonight is 39. There's not a cloud in the sky, and the sun is shining bright. And without any sort of breeze, it's actually pretty warm for this time of year. At first glance, it looks to be a nice day here in Dogsnout County. But don't be fooled. Radiation levels are quite high today. Currently, we are looking at a radiation level of approximately 400 rads. And while that may not seem like a lot to your average dog snout resident, it's worth taking precautionary measures when leaving the house today. Be sure to wear your hazmat suit if you've got one, and if not, just wrap some tin foil around you and your loved ones. That should do the trick until these radiation levels subside. But if you're like me and you've already been exposed to mass amounts of radiation, then no need to worry. Worst case scenario, you might grow another arm. And who couldn't use an extra one of those? Folks, we gotta take a little break here. As you know, we took in some new interns today and we have yet to put them through our training process. We basically just got them in here, loused them, and tossed them in their cages. Uh, to be clear, we didn't de-louse them, which is the act of ridding an inmate of bugs like lice and the like. We did the opposite, covered them in all sorts of insects and parasites. Don't want them getting too comfortable, you know? But, like I said, we didn't get around to training them. Our training process involves teaching them how not to scream by implementing incentives such as not cutting out their tongues or not sewing their mouths shut so long as they keep quiet. Of course, if they keep on screaming, then we gotta make sure that they are physically incapable of doing so. Anyways, I'm gonna go see to that, but don't you go nowhere. When we return, we'll be doing our special someone segment, showcasing one of our very own residents here in Dogsnout County. In the meantime, I hope you'll enjoy this little tune I've got queued up for you. You 
Snake Bite by Boohag. You can check out more of their stuff by visiting boohagmusic.com. As y'all know, I like to showcase stories of folks who make an impact in Dogsnout County. That special someone who inspires us to be all that we can be and galvanizes us to strive to achieve our dreams. And that special someone this week is none other than the car-eating ogre himself, Helter Smelter. Helter Smelter was once an average, ordinary boy by the name of Bennett Jackson. As a child, Bennett loved putting together models of war machines like kamikaze planes and tanks, an innocent hobby he shared with his beloved father. Seeing the joy that the models brought his son, Mr. Jackson took Bennett to a World War II museum to take a gander at some real war machines in the flesh. Bennett was ecstatic. He had spent his short life thus far assembling models of tanks, and now he was standing beside an actual life-size one. Bennett told his father that he wanted to drive the tank, but of course his father told him that that wasn't allowed. But Bennett couldn't resist. When his father's back was turned, Bennett crossed the barricade and scaled the tank jovially before making his way inside. But then, something terrible happened. The tank's hatch closed and Bennett was trapped within it. He screamed and cried, but to no avail. Nobody could hear him through the thick steel walls. Days went by without rescue, and Bennett Jackson started to grow hungry. With nothing of sustenance nearby, Bennett resorted to eating the leather of the driver's seat, the closest thing to food that he had access to. In that moment, as he chewed away at old dried cow skin from years past, he had an epiphany. He didn't have to die cold and lonely inside that tank. There was a way out. For the first time in weeks, Bennett had hope. Hope that he could once more see the light of day, and more importantly, his father, who he treasured so dearly. All he had to do was eat his way out. First, the foam inside the seats slowly building up a tolerance for eating inorganic material. Then, the rubber casing around the wires. And when that more digestible material was long gone, Bennett moved on to the harder stuff. He took it in slowly at first, chewing away at the copper wiring, eventually building up a tolerance for eating metal. He began picking at old bullet casings, choking them down dry like the bitterest of pills. His digestive tract was in turmoil, a pressure cooker filled with gunpowder, a ticking time bomb ready to blow. He fought the urge to dispel the metal and proceeded onward with his harrowing feast. His teeth gave way with every bite he took, dematerializing like sugar cubes in a cup of hot tea. But even when the pain became unbearable, Bennett pressed on. He kept at it for 16 long, agonizing years, feasting on that massive hulking metal beast of doom, bit by bit, piece by piece, chewing his way through cold hard steel with unwavering resolve, slowly inching his way towards salvation. After nearly two decades, he had devoured every inch of that tank, finally eating his way out of the clutches of hell 
straight into the bosom of salvation. But his freedom came at a cost. As they say, you are what you eat. And as Bennett Jackson devoured that World War II tank, he too became a tank of sorts. By the time Bennett ate his way out, he had become a giant hulking ogre. A beast so ugly and terrifying no one could possibly love him. A lesson he would soon learn the hard way. Bennett returned home to Dogsnout County to reunite with his father. He stomped through town destroying everything in his path before eventually arriving at his childhood home. He knocked on the door with a strength yet unfamiliar to himself, causing it to shatter into a million splinters. Upon hearing the commotion, Mr. Jackson ran to the entrance, only to be greeted by a giant peeping bloodshot eyeball peering through the door. Bennett tried to tell his father who he was, that his beloved son had returned home to him at long last. But because Bennett hadn't uttered a single word in nearly two decades, he had lost the ability of speech. His father continued to scream, and in an attempt to soothe him, Bennett reached into the house with one giant clumsy fist and snatched his father up. He brought his only parent in for a loving hug, only to be stricken with fear as he heard a loud snap. He pulled his hand away to take a gander at his father and was horrified by the sight before him. He had shattered all of the bones in his father's body, reducing him to an existence akin only to a used tampon. Riddled with guilt, the ogre formerly known as Bennett Jackson fled to the depths of the Creaky Trees Forest where he sat stewing in his sorrows for months. That is, until the hunger came. Bennett tried making do with twigs and branches, grubs and fauna, but nothing quenched his hunger. Only one substance would do, metal. The ogre sauntered back into Dogsnow County with an insatiable hunger, devouring cars and motorcycles alike with no consideration for whether the vehicles were occupied by motorists or not. After feasting on nearly 20 vehicles and killing more than a dozen townsfolk, the ogre returned to his bastion in the woods. The cataclysmic event earned Bennett a new nickname, Helter Smelter. Every so often, Helter Smelter would return to town, feasting on cars, garage doors, and even school buses packed full of younglings. After years of enduring such torment, Dogsnout County had had enough. Mayor Mama banished the ogre to the Creaky Trees Forest under threat of death, and for years, Helter Smelter lived a sad and lonely life out in the woods, surviving on discarded trinkets, nickels and dimes, left behind by tourists hiking through the woods. But then, the Carlson Salvage Yard, Dogsnout County's favorite means of disposing of the vehicles of the tourists that we slaughter so as to avoid federal prosecution, closed down permanently. And so, 
Mayor Mama journeyed deep into the inner sanctum of the Creaky Trees Forest where she struck a deal with the ogre. The agreement stated that he would be allowed to once again return to Dog Snout County under the condition that he only eat vehicles specifically approved by Mayor Mama. And thus, a new contract was born. Nay, a new friendship. And did Helter Smelter hold a grudge? Did he snatch up Mayor Mama in his massive fist and squeeze the pulp out of her as if she was a lemon? No. Despite the bad blood between Dogsnout County and himself, Helter Smelter decided to be the bigger man, both figuratively and literally. Even though he had been banished to the forest and forced to starve, Helter Smelter searched deep inside his oversized heart. And you know what he found inside there? Forgiveness. And that's why Helter Smelter is our special someone for this week. We'll be right back with the traffic report in a jiffy here. But first, here's an important message from Dogsnout County's favorite pyromaniac mascot on fire safety. Hey kids, it's your old pal, Barbecue Billy Bear. Hi! My brother says you're not really a bear, that you're just a fat old drunk wearing the bloody pelt of a bear. Oh no, I'm a real bear. Yes, indeed. Then how come I can see your face through the bear's mouth? Shut the f*** up, kid, or I'll skin your whole family and wear their pelts instead. Anyway, kids, I'm here to talk to you about fire safety. When you're roasting a tourist, you gotta be extra careful. Why, you ask? Because they'll kick they'll scream and they'll scratch and we don't like that at home huh that's right to help me demonstrate how to properly barbecue a tourist I brought my good friend Glenn with me (laughs) say hi to Glenn kids So if you're gonna barbecue, there's four things you'll need. Number one, your parents' permission. Number two, a hammer. Three, a gutting knife. And number four, lots and lots of gasoline. Step one, hit him over the head with a hammer. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, looks like he's still alive. Would you like to give it a try, Bobby? Here you go, kiddo. Now give him a good whack. Very good, Bobby. Step two, gut him. It's okay if he's still alive. 
So long as you did enough cranial damage to impair his motor function. If he's not dead already, you'll be dead shortly. Gutting your turret is very important because it helps release the trapped gases inside his body, which will prevent him from exploding when exposed to the flame. Step 3. Pour gasoline on your victim. Come on kids, everybody grab a gas can. Final step, light him on fire. And there you have it kids, I've been Barbecue Billy Bear, and this has been a PSA on tourist barbecuing safety. And remember, always ask your parents' permission before you murder an innocent person. Bye-bye! Now we're nearing the end of the show here, but before I sign off for the day, I gotta give y'all a quick traffic update. The only road in our one-road town is currently experiencing an extreme traffic jam with no sign of letting up anytime soon. Reports indicate that the inconvenience appears to have been caused by fallout from the toxic spores over at the Carlson Salvage Yard. Drivers were suddenly stricken with illness and began pulling their cars over. Witnesses reported seeing numerous individuals exit their vehicles and fall to their knees before proceeding to dry heave as if about to vomit. Only what came out of their gullets was not puke, but rather extraterrestrial plants. Other eyewitnesses claimed to have seen drivers spontaneously enveloped by flora as their cars filled with the alien plant life, causing them to swerve into oncoming traffic and even run over some of the folks heaving on the side of the road. Sheriff Bo is currently making his way down Main Street with his trusty flamethrower in tow, clearing the foliage, slowly but surely. But even with the flora gone, that still leaves more than two dozen cars blocking off the road, with no clear path for commuting. Mayor Mama has contacted Helter Smelter to tend to the matter, and is expecting the mess to be cleaned up by day's end. I just hope when the ogre does indeed arrive, that he's brought a hefty appetite with him. Well, folks, that should just about do it for today's broadcast. I've been Squatch Ronson, and you've been one heck of an audience. But before I go, here's some advice for you. Sometimes in this life, we are presented with challenges that seem too huge to overcome, but nothing is too big to handle. As General Creighton Abrams once said, when eating an elephant, take one bite at a time. Same goes for if you find yourself trapped inside the belly of a World War II tank. Just don't be surprised if you come out looking like the love child of King Kong and Shrek.
The Backwoods Radio Show is produced by me, Michael LaRusso, with special help this week from Adrian Zambrano, Frank Schulter, and John Simmons. Featuring music this week by John Simmons, Kevin McLeod, Jason Shaw, and Cellophane Sam. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share it with your friends who also have a fucked up sense of humor. As always, thanks for listening. Baby,